Hello, thank you for joining us at the dinner table. I would like to disclaim that the views and opinions stated in this episode do not necessarily represent those of the state news and that we reserve the right to change our opinions at a later date. Thanks for listening. Welcome to the Dinner Table Podcast. I'm Kelly Winters, and this week I am joined with physiology senior Max Nichols, and we are going to be discussing President Biden's effort to raise minimum wage to $15. Max, as the child of two small business owners, how do you feel about this increase? Well, first of all, thank you for having me here today. Um, you know, growing up, my family owned a small store in you know rural America here up in northern Michigan in the Petoskey area. And, you know, I kind of have mixed feelings on it because we love our employees. If we could pay our employees 20 bucks an hour, no questions asked, we would. But the problem I see here is with our small businesses. And from what I've gathered, it appears that this minimum wage increase that's been proposed isn't supposed to happen till about 2024, Mm -hmm. if I've done my research correctly. And still, you know, even taking some baby steps, I don't know if those baby steps are in fact baby enough. Now, if we were to increase minimum wage today to $15 an hour, I feel that our family would not be able to keep our business afloat. And the reason I say that is because we would need to up our prices. You know, you think increased wage, well, we're going to have to increase the prices of our goods and our services to pay for that. And the problem with that is I think we would start to lose business because if people are, you know, having to pay $5 for a loaf of bread, in order for us to compensate our employees correctly, I'm afraid that they'll be going to these bigger stores like Walmart. You know, Walmart is a huge corporation. They have billions and billions of dollars. They can afford to pay people a nice living wage, such as $15 an hour, where a little mom-and-pop store like us would really have a hard time jumping right into that. Yeah, um, a really big argument when regarding this topic is that this act you know, increasing minimum wage to $15, whether it happens in a month from now or whether it, you know, is kind of spread out to the year 2024, 2025. Um, The argument is that this, this action would be the demise of the middle class, right? Um, It would be making the rich richer, like Walmart, uh, in the Midwest, Meyer, you know, um, those big, like, huge stores would be able to, you know, compete with minimum wage or not compete, but they would be able to, you know, pay their employees that increase. However, it would put all of the small business owners out, right? Like, they would either have to eliminate a lot of their positions terminate a lot of their positions or they would just have to close shop like altogether. yeah so my parent my parents have worked very very hard to build their business i mean they bought our store and you know really uh, turned it into a nice little staple in our small community we're the only place to go 
I believe the closest town is at least 12 miles either way. Uh, so it's very convenient. And I do think that, you know, part of small businesses and we're a very big tourist area up there as well and i do think that these small locally owned businesses you know you're always hearing shop local mm -hmm. uh, do local things and i i think that is a big driving factor in our middle class i mean people go to places to go to the little stores like ours mm -hmm. they want to see the diversity in the market and they want to see all these little places that make things unique i mean when i travel i do not want to go to Walmart. That's not the first thing. I don't go downtown somewhere and go to Walmart and I'm like, oh boy, look at this Walmart. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's the same as every other Walmart. I'm interested in the local businesses, the ones that make the towns unique and the ones that have been supporting the town. I mean, my parents' store was in the area before Walmart even was. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's businesses like ours that really helped build up the towns and made it so that there was enough population and enough things going on in that town to where Walmart would even want to put a store there to begin with. So I do think that, you know, taking these steps to increase a minimum wage, uh, especially if we were to do it rather quickly, would have a bad effect on businesses like ours in the sense that my parents would probably have to get rid of some of their employees and then have to take even more onto their plate. And Unlike some of these bigger businesses, it is not the problem that, well, we can't afford a new summer home this year or we can't afford our third new boat. It's that we would need to do this in order to pay the bills and even keep the business afloat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I really like the point that you are making uh, regarding like the loss of these staple mom and pops or like small owned businesses would really eliminate the rural feel that or like the rural attraction that a lot of um places have for example your your store is located in Petoskey and I feel like you know a lot of people in Michigan see Petoskey as one of those areas that isn't dominated by superstores like Walmart or Target or Meyer, and they kind of go there expecting to see places like yours. So that that elimination would really do kind of a pretty big blunder on a lot of those like small rural locations. What is your take regarding? like minimum wage increase kind of in in broader terms do you think it should stay at its at its current um amount in michigan it is 945 uh or do you think it should parallel inflation and can you maybe go into that a little bit yeah so first of all you know i'm as you said i'm a physiology major i'm no economist i'm no senator but um, coming, you know, from this background, I definitely think that if I were to make seven dollars, so the federal minimum wage, I think, is seven twenty-five right now. And if I were to make seven twenty-five right now, I guarantee you, in order to afford my apartment, my car, and the things I have, I would probably need to be working forty hours a week. And the problem with that sometimes, you know, is that people need to focus more on work to afford the place that they're living than 
they can afford to go to school. And, you know, everybody's like, well, you need to go to school. You need to go to school to have a good job. And I do agree that, you know, you, it's hard to go to school to get a better paying job when you can't afford to go to school because you don't have a decent minimum wage. Mm-hmm. Now, I was skimming an article from uh, Economy, uh, Economy Policy Institute earlier today, and it, it mentioned some of the implications of raising the minimum wage and its effects on the economy. And uh, one of the pieces said that by 2024, if the federal minimum wage was $15 an hour, uh, due to the increase in inflation and things, it would be equivalent to $13 an hour in 2018 bucks. Mm-hmm. So I think if we would have kind of kept up with productivity a little bit, we would have been able to keep the cost of living and the minimum wage uh, more equal to each other, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So there was a graph in that article as well that had showed uh, the productivity from 1968 and where minimum wage would be today. And actually it said it would be about $24 an hour today if minimum wage and productivity equaled each other. Mm -hmm. Now you look at that again and you're like, well, what would it be in another 50 years? You know, would minimum wage be $100 an hour? Mm -hmm. And then you look at inflation and cost of living. It's like, okay, my studio apartment in you know, twenty fifty dollars is now four thousand dollars a month. A loaf of bread is twelve dollars, and a gallon of gas is eighteen dollars. Mm-hmm. You know, so it, it it is definitely hard to think about these implications in the future and not having much of an economy background. It's really hard to conceptualize this from an economic standpoint. But I do think that baby steps, in my personal opinion, would probably be better for small businesses like us. Um, you know, we we can afford to pay our employees ten dollars an hour, ten fifty an hour, mm-hmm. and a lot of companies, you know, they'll give their employees maybe like a one percent raise every year. And if the federal minimum wage did this, you know, slight crawl upward, I think that would be easier on the small businesses. Especially, you look. Uh, the same article said that the minimum wage has been seven twenty five an hour federally since two thousand nine. So we've had no upward mobility from that, but you see the cost of living keeps going up and up and up. So I definitely feel bad for these people that are stuck in this vicious cycle, but at the same time, if we try and push our minimum wage right up to $15 an hour, that's over a $5 increase in the state of Michigan, it's really going to be tough on our small businesses, and I don't know if they'd be able to handle it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a really well thought out perspective and I think you're very accurate when um discussing a a lot of those like hypotheticals or like where we could potentially be if the minimum wage more accurately load productivity like you had mentioned I feel like after just hearing some conceptions about the matter from just different peers of mine, different people that are in different economic situations. A, a common uh, like opinion or a common uh, conception is that increasing minimum wage would increase one's ability to manage their like cost of living, but wouldn't 
the cost of living like if minimum wage shot up to $15 right now wouldn't the cost of living just follow in a few years when everything just kind of level out to the same ratio that it is today yeah I think a common argument that's made by a lot of us you know is that same so if I were to turn minimum wage to $15 today Mm -hmm. we'll be paying $10 a gallon for gas within the week and I don't have enough of a economics background really make a make a educated guess on what would happen in that situation but i think a lot of us that do come from you know backgrounds that aren't revolved around the economy and aren't as well educated in that area do have this conceptual thought that yeah you know our cost of living well won't that just go right up mm-hmm. and i haven't done enough research and i think it would be really interesting to see how professionals do some more research into well is this really going to happen is this big jump going to happen in cost of living if we do minimum wage and then are we just going to be right back in the same situation that we're at now yeah i you know as someone that is not an economics expert as someone that has just you know learned from my own experiences working different jobs at different skill levels um that's kind of a conception that i definitely have is like if we increase minimum wage in a few years won't everything just level itself out like won't the cost of living to income minimum wage income ratio be the same but that's just kind of something that you know is an opinion of mine or a conception of mine that i'm i'm waiting to see kind of how it pans out you know especially uh when looking at like the predictions and opinions of people who do specialize in that topic. Um, But another thing that I wanted to bring up is that when, you know, talking to people, talking to my peers about the 15 minimum wage increase, a lot of people relate that to the pay of an EMT. A lot of people are like, oh, people that have jobs that don't really require you know a degree or a high school diploma or any like formal or professional training might be making the same rate or a similar rate to an EMT and you are an EMT so I thought I would ask you about that yeah so this is definitely an interesting topic. So I got into EMS. I started out as an EMT basic um, right after I graduated high school. And at the time, I was making uh, about mid $13 an hour for my wage. And minimum wage at that time was probably higher, the higher end of $8, I'm guessing. Uh, Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. But I know, uh, I believe it was somewhere around like uh, $8 upper eights nine dollars an hour and this was in 2018 mm-hmm. and uh yeah so definitely an interesting topic so as of right now i had uh, moved up in my certification i'm currently an advanced emt and um you know taking the numbers from what i'm currently making and comparing it to the emt basic uh it looks like at our company and you know i can't go into too much detail about the specifics of wage and things at our company, but 
an EMT basic is making about mid $14 an hour. Mm -hmm. So you think about that, that is less, that's about like, if we say $14.50, that's 50 cents less than this proposed minimum wage. So the problem is, I think sometimes people get the misconception that EMTs, um, paramedics, advanced EMTs, that we are ambulance drivers. I've heard the ambulance driver term uh, tossed about quite a bit. And the problem is that is we, we are also skilled professionals in the medical field. And we go through a very rigorous training program. We have uh, lots of field experience. And, you know, for people who don't quite understand, you know, it'd be interesting for them to maybe spend a day in the ambulance with us and see what we have to do. And it's not just the, you know, conceptual medicine part, trying to figure out what's wrong with people and how we can best treat them, but there's a lot of physical trauma on your body, a lot of emotional trauma. I've seen things that I wish I never would have seen. You know, in the early part of my career, my first three fatalities were all children. And, you know, it really comes down to, are we getting paid fairly for the amount of trauma that we're going through? And Honestly, being in this position that I am, I will say I do have a biased opinion on it because if the minimum wage goes up to $15 an hour, well, EMTs, paramedics, we should at least be making 20 plus. Mm -hmm. And the question is, how quickly will that change? Mm -hmm. Will we have the funding from a millage or funding from the county? Because my company is a nonprofit, mm -hmm. so we have to rely on the things that we have to build patients insurance for, we have to rely on millages from our county. And the problem is how quickly is that going to catch up? So if I have a $15 minimum wage, are we still gonna be making our same wage and we're slowly gonna climb up or is it gonna be boom, next week we're making $20 an hour? And it's hard to conceptualize because I've worked in retail mm -hmm. and I can tell you my job in EMS has been far more draining and far more demanding than my job in retail was. And to think that, you know, working in retail, you can be having the same, the same wage as somebody in an emotionally and physically and, you know, mentally draining job as that, I, I don't know if that's entirely fair in my biased opinion, but... Um, as someone that is not in the medical field or even close to it, I totally agree. I know a lot of EMTs, a lot of CNAs make around that amount, whether, you know, they're starting or a little more advanced in their certification. And I think that kind of just goes back to the argument of like, if minimum wage goes up, then all of the wages are going to have to parallel that growth, right? And for some of the lower paying positions in like the grand scheme of, you know, America's economic profile, it might be a little bit of a linear or like parallel increase, but increasing minimum wage by such a drastic amount is really going to affect everyone's salaries. You know, if minimum wage goes up by... 25 cents everyone's pays might not shift you know the world's payments the world's salaries the world's wages may not you know increase that much but like 15 dollars that is everyone i would hope is going to be getting paid more right and it's it, it just it seems so obvious that that would affect 
in turn the cost of living and the price of everything. America is in such a weird economic state right now because a lot of people want to do what they can to, you know, make the cost of living more affordable for those that are making minimum wage, right? You know, which we see amongst all ages, right? You know, a lot of, you know, the most most minimum wage workers, I would say, are like kids in high school or like in the first few years of college that may not need to support a family or like, you know, may not have to pay rent or like may not have to supply their own food, that sort of thing. And for them, that, you know, that works for them. But if you look at like our parents' generation and older, they weren't necessarily um, like as they didn't have as much of a push to you know go to college, go to trade school. So a lot of people from that generation, even though they're you know in their fifties, sixties, close to retirement age, they can't because their entire lives they've been relying on minimum wage. So I understand why like as a society we want to help those people and make it so that they can afford their living like in a perfect world i would love to see them doing well thriving as much as anyone else but just because of the economic profile that america is in we are kind of facing the weird situation of if we do try to help people that are making minimum wage just because of how we're structured if minimum wage goes up everything else is going to follow and it kind of is a perpetual cycle like you mentioned earlier yeah you know and i think it's all starting to boil down to an issue of ethics versus economy Mm -hmm. you know i wish minimum wage could be 40 dollars an hour Mm -hmm. you know that would be amazing but you know look looking at it from an economy standpoint you know how possible is that and i think we really need to work on finding this balance between cost of living and you know earned wages and it's just very interesting to see you know the uh, this division of wealth uh, i don't know where i'm going with that you're good i can kind of um kind of getting down to the nitty-gritty i can we're at like 30 minutes so i can kind of cut whenever we can wrap up whenever but um there are a few things i want to just like touch on super Mm. quick um a frig yeah i i feel like no matter what um you know cost of living is so is priced so differently than anything else, right? Because when thinking about the cost of living, which, you know, encapsulates rent, uh, food, transportation, you know, the things that everyone kind of needs, um, you know, uh, those types of things, they're, they're different when you know pricing entertainment or you know things that aren't necessity right like obviously entertainment is going to go up 
the price of entertainment is going to go up with the cost of or with the price of minimum wage or like the minimum wage increase um but the thing the kind of like interesting thing with like the cost of living is that so like it's so it's it's a very competitive market um for example we live in east lansing right so many students are here you know think of like new york or la so many people are there that companies you know um like apartment complexes or different like housing agencies can get away with charging ungodly prices because like everyone needs to have a roof over their head right so i kind of think that like like that that problem does really tie back to corporate greed right since everyone needs you know x amount of things to live or like x y and z to live like there's always gonna be a influx i guess of buyers like the um the like market is always going to be there but since it is such a dire need people and business owners and companies can get away with charging crazy prices three words supply and demand so this is always something that you know is you we've learned this in high school economics supply and demand supply and demand so for example um, I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be able to uh, go to medical school next year, and I will be moving to Colorado to do so. Well, currently, right now, in the East Lansing area, I live in a three-bedroom apartment with two other people. My rent is $499 a month, and, you know, my utilities bill this month was $32.00. It's pretty nice, you know, a little bit further away from campus, but the cost of living is not too bad. Now, you look at Colorado, on the other hand, there are a lot of people moving to Colorado, from what I've heard, because when I was out there looking at places to live and what I need to do to get ready for medical school, the two-bedroom apartments out there were looking at like $1,500 to $1,800 a month. That is a shock. And then they're like, you need to get uh, utilities, cable, internet, water, gas, all that on your own in addition to this $1,500 a month. And it is quite the shock. I couldn't believe it because going from a $500 a month apartment, if you add utilities, it's still less than $550. And then you look at a two-bedroom apartment, you know, $1,500 divided by two, some, somewhere like $750 a month per person. That's quite the change. And, you know, supply and demand. There's a lot of people going out there. And, you know, I don't think they're able to keep up with the uh, house manufacturing and the places to live. But even though they have a ton of places that are coming up, they know that there's a lot of people that want to be there. So they're driving up the price because they know people will pay for it. And it's definitely interesting uh, because especially... Uh, I know Colorado's minimum wage, I think, is $12 an hour. But still, you know, having to pay 750 bucks a month rent, that's very interesting, the cost of living in these different areas, because I don't even know if $1,200 or uh, $12 an hour would, you know, really do it out there. Only imagining, you know, 
750 and then you look well what if we increase the minimum wage to 15 then how much is an apartment going to cost out there so we're back into this as you mentioned perpetual cycle and it's really frustrating to think about these concepts yeah um this is a situation i can relate to as a film student that is pursuing a graduate education probably on one of the coasts rent in these bigger cities is very expensive and that is just because of supply and demand and people can get away with that you know these these things that are crucial to survive to live people can get away with the higher prices and i can only imagine um you know new york and california their minimum wage and even in like texas their minimum wage looks a lot different than what it is in michigan so you know maybe the you know if if all 50 states turned over to a 15 dollars minimum wage like the effects would be a lot different there than it is here um but it's it's just crazy to see you know just by state to state like how different every like economic situation is um another quick thing that i wanted to add that i'm kind of like teasing to is you know like you mentioned colorado their minimum wage is near twelve dollars um new york California are up there you know they're over ten dollars so the shock of or you know the potential shock of a fifteen dollar increase would be a lot less drastic there where you know in Michigan and like in a lot of the midwest states where minimum wage is still under ten dollars shooting up to fifteen is crazy in a lot of people's minds so like what what do you what do you think about this should all states be expected to kind of act the same and increase you know to the same amount or should each state kind of have its 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 choice when like agreeing to go up to minimum wage and like the span of time that they utilize to go up to minimum wage or to a $15 minimum wage I'm glad you brought up this point because uh, it is a very valid point. So, you know, as we've noticed, the federal minimum wage is different than the state minimum wage. And I think the reasoning behind that is just to prevent the states from paying anything less, you know, to make sure that you're not going to get $6 an hour in Nebraska or something. I definitely think it is a state-to-state thing. You know, you mentioned California, Colorado, New York, where we have these places with very high costs of living. And the minimum wage should be higher in these places to help compensate for that. But the problem that worries me is if we're going to send minimum wage up to $15 an hour federally. Because where we run into problems is we have Michigan, we have Nebraska, Wyoming, mm-hmm. Oklahoma. Um, I think I read somewhere that Oklahoma was like $7 an hour mm-hmm. or seven twenty-five yeah. an hour still. I had the conception that Texas was up there, you know, just because of like Houston, Austin, like all of these major cities. But they're only at seven twenty-five. Yeah, and these places that have the higher cost of living, 
I definitely think, you know, it it needs to be analyzed on, in my opinion, more of a state level. It's hard to push something up federally because when you're incorporating this whole entire, you know, 325 million people, you know, you got to think about, well, this area is completely different. You know, it's interesting traveling from state to state because uh, the, the first time I went to Colorado, I was like, wow, it's like I'm in another country, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just very different, the demographic between these places. You look at Texas, for example, you look at what $400,000 can get you in L.A. for a house versus Texas. You have this seven-bedroom mansion in Texas, and you have a tar paper shack in Los Angeles for the same price. Yeah. And it, I definitely do. I'm so glad you brought this up, think that it is a, uh, you know, a determinant on the area and a determinant on the state. Mm-hmm. It. A fun thing to do is I know, um, like, when I started, you know, my college education is I always knew I wanted to, like, go out to, you know, I I knew I would end up in a different state other than Michigan. And I'd be looking at these salaries for, like, film or video production related jobs, and I'd see something in California, and I'd be like, oh my gosh, like what a great paying job but then i'd compare it to the minimum wage out there you know versus like the minimum wage here and i'd be like oh okay it's just it's just following the ratio i could probably under the same you know ratio get something maybe similar in michigan if i was lucky um but it's just so it's so interesting to look at the uh, wage variance and like cost of living variance from state to state um i know like if you look at the cost of just simple goods in michigan versus what they cost in say you know oh my god i always say new i always say you nork for whatever okay. reason for example if you look at the cost of goods of you know just anything in michigan versus new york you know it's just crazy like when i kind of kind of became economically woke or like economically aware that was something that shocked me and like even though i kind of realized this when i first started working at as a young teen um it's still something that i look at today as a 21 year old and just it's 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 crazy to me yeah, and you know what? Interesting, you have mentioned film positions in uh, different states, and it's so crazy to see how supply and demand driven our economy truly is. So, I was watching a video, I believe it was published by Med School Insiders. You look at physicians in New York City, in Los Angeles, in California in general, there's a lot of doctors there, there's a lot of people. Then you look at South Dakota. There's not a ton of people in South Dakota. Doctors are paid a lot more in South Dakota than they are in California. And they had mentioned, you know, again, supply and demand. So it's interesting to see how this, you know, varies with these different careers because mm. you might have a doctor that is making, you know, $250,000 in California and for that same position in South Dakota making four hundred and fifty thousand dollars just because they they have no supply but they have the demand for patient care that's very interesting that's not something i would have thought about 
All right. I think we have had a very deep conversation on the matter. Is there anything else regarding this topic that you would like to add? You know, I think that it would be awesome, you know, to be able to just raise minimum wage. I think that, you know, the working class in our country really need to be supported. I think that, you know, the middle class has always been the, we talk about the American dream and, you know, this country was built off the middle class and I, I'd love to see, you know, the middle class be built again. You know, I, I hate to see how we continuously divide between rich and poor and you're one or the other. But, you know, I just think we really need to uh, focus on working together and, you know, meeting in the middle so that we can, so that we as a nation can work on better supporting our people without putting other people out in the process. Yes, I totally agree. Thank you so much, Max, for sitting down with me and having this conversation. Yeah, thank you so much for having me.